I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 465 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? Whew, doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, nice. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, there's no Ray this week. No Ray Harrington. I did notice that. Yeah, he's been was on a, the past uh, three weeks. Some sadness in my heart. That was <clears throat> that was my first clue. See, I kind of feel a little bit like the opposite. Like oh yes. When the cat's away, the mice will play. Are we the mice? We're the mice. <laughs> okay. He's the cat. All right. You know what I mean, he's just you know. I think that Ray's very funny. Yes. But it seems like on the podcast. 95% of his comments come from criticizing whatever I bring to the table. Well, I'm not saying I don't like it. The other, funny. The other 5% is applauding what I bring to the table. Eh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I do like. I, I do think it's funny. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes it's tough to, to open my mouth and raise around without him slapping his dirty dick inside it. Disgusting. I know. That's what he says. I wish yeah. he didn't say that too. I'm yeah. on your team, Brad. All right. Uh, so what do you got today? What's going on? Uh, you know, it's... Uh it's yeah it's it's my work life has gotten uh significantly easier over the past couple days yeah and uh that feels so much better than i thought it would i was gonna say that you've been dealing with work stuff for the past couple weeks it's a hard time for your work in general at this point but you're also dealing with the fact that you're working from home because the quarantine right well basically like from late february on it was yeah get ready for spring break housing okay Mm -hmm. we're on spring break and now we're gonna we're gonna have an extra week of spring break and two weeks of uh you know classes from home yeah but only one person is approving all the requests to to stay on campus that whole time and that was me and that was 530 requests in like four days yeah uh, then they said, Oh, just kidding. Everyone's going to move out for the end of the semester. Well, then it was like, okay, well now it's my job to figure out how to coordinate that move out right. as part of a team. Um, so we, we got all that organized and then it was, Oh, now we need to figure out how to give students back their money. Yeah. Uh, and so again, team effort, but I was, I was coordinating that mm-hmm. and we went directly from that into room selection for next fall, assuming there will be school next fall. And so it has been work-wise nonstop since late February for me. Yeah. Now that is all in the past. We're doing incoming student selection, but that's been going on for a while. And mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm feeling a lot better uh, in terms of like, I'm not waking up at four in the morning and, and worrying about work. Right. I, you know, I'm worrying about life, but that's only, that's only one thing. Right. It's half the worries I had. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, uh, that, that has really helped my outlook. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, there's been a lot of work as well. Yep. Uh, a lot of video work. There's the tell them Steve Dave work that I continue to do. Um, and even though I've been laid off from like from the magazines I write for, right. I've still actually been doing work for them, just unpaid for fun during this time. Right. Um, then me and Ray are working on a project uh, behind the scenes, another video project. Plus, we've started doing video podcasts over the past month. Right. And that's a whole new uh thing i told lou if i had to estimate how many hours i have to put into the podcast every week right now it's probably like 17 yeah um and hopefully that's going to change today but uh for the past couple weeks that's how you know that's how much it was and um on top of that there's another video project that i'm working on um that i haven't really gotten too into yet but my workload has almost like increased a little bit 
And like I said before in the podcast, it's gotten harder because there's so many people in my house all the time. Right. Gina's home, my girlfriend. Jordan, my roommate, works from home now in the same, you know, the downstairs, which is like an open floor plan. So he's like right in the next room. And then Jordan's 10-year-old daughter, Callie, has been around. Yep. So it's been hard to concentrate. And our puppy, our puppy, our Swiss Miss. Yep. And we're trying to train her not to bark at everyone that walks by our house on a main street. So it's been tough. I (laughs) I hear you. Especially now that people are wearing masks, so the dogs I know. are like confused. Dude, if someone walked by today and they had a uh, they had a <laughs> they had a bandana on, right, wrapped around their forehead, covered their whole face, including their eyes. Wow, because they must be, it must be thin enough to see through. But I'm like, what are you trying to do? Just freak out the neighborhood dogs? The Swiss was beside herself. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been crazy. It's, it's Rorschach from The Watchmen. Exactly. That's what yeah. that's what it feels like. Um, but we got some fun topics today, and, yeah. and, and for some reason, uh. I'll tell you this. I'll say this up front. Do it. The podcast is really helpful during the quarantine. Do you find that? I do. Weird, right? Yeah. I, I, part of it is is the simple aspect of it is a routine. Right. Uh, we we have to be prepared for it. And it's, you know, we're, we're recording on the same night every week. And then it's, so it's it's something to look forward to and something to do. And yes. it's, it's weird because as much as I have complained about work and will continue to complain about work. Yeah getting up and being ready for 9 a.m. and working until 5 p.m. every day yeah. gives me a structure to my day. Yeah. So on Saturday, when I have no structure, the day feels significantly longer. Yes, right? And, Same uh, here. And, you know, Sunday, my structure is usually in the morning where it's like get up and watch church, but like yeah. that's that's online. So I will get out of bed, get my laptop, go back to bed and turn church on and just kind of sit there and kind of like snoozily listen to pastor andrew talk yeah that's fun I but like that yeah one. oh no it's great yeah so yeah i hear you i hear you uh, but been, yeah kind of the help- same thing so it's very yeah. very helpful and then i think you know in a year or two to be able to go back to these episodes and listen to them is going to be really interesting and enlightening yeah. Even, yeah. even if even if the topics we talk about aren't interesting or enlightening no, they will be. i think just in in terms of a time capsule of like this moment in time I think it's going to be really helpful in the future. I think so too. And and yeah, for me, it's been the structure thing because my days are really weird where like I have all these deadlines for the projects I work on, but I'm just getting up in my house and working in my living room right? and then going to bed eventually and like trying to, you know, scour the world for food in between. Yep. But uh, this kind of is like, all right, Tuesday night, I have to shave. I have to do my hair. I don't do my hair outside right. of the podcast Yep. and uh, we have to get something together kind of think about the week as a week, which I don't right now. Nope. I'm just kind of living day to day and see what the news is and kind of what's going on with us. So it kind of helps me. I don't know. It's almost, it helps me reposition myself as this yeah. is the end of a week or something. I'll, I'll say in terms of like positioning myself Structure. in a, in a day, Yeah, you know, five o'clock work ends and I walk outside and check my mail and yeah. that's like, yes, yeah. outside. And it's, I'm outside for 14 seconds. <laughs> And there's nothing that says I can't like work from my front porch or have mm-hmm. a window open. Yeah. But the the simple act of like walking to the mailbox to yeah. me signifies my work day is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my leisure night can commence. Yeah. So, so, so have you found yourself? This is something that I've been dealing with. Have you found yourself doing impulse buys just oh, to bring yourself some like moment yes. of joy? <laughs> yes, and yes. I've been doing it in. Really small ways, like when I go to the grocery store, which is like less than once a week now, Right, I'll buy something weird. Like I'll buy like a pint of Ben and Jerry's, which I would never normally do. Right. Um, and then Gina will eat it, mm-hmm, as, yep. as we discovered two weeks ago. Yep. 
But also, I'll just buy stuff online because I'm like, I'm spending less money on, on living. Yep. No, you know, no concerts or events or shows or right. movies or even going out to eat as much. Even gas. I'm not spending as much on gas. That's true. Um, so I'm like, oh, I can buy a couple things here and there. So I'll just buy things I normally wouldn't spend money on. And, right. and the thing is, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say I wouldn't spend money on, but things I wouldn't normally put so much money towards. Right. Um, and you know me, I'm a cheap guy. Oh, yeah. So I'm not talking about spending $300. I'm talking about dropping uh, $20 on something or $30 on something you know, that I wouldn't normally buy. Uh, last week, you said, hey, GameStop's deal of the day is these Nintendo Switch controllers. Yeah. And I'm like... I'll take two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need them. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I got one too. But I, I bought them, and then I, uh, I was like, oh man, I wish I could use my Bluetooth headphones with my TV. Yeah. But uh, it's not my receiver is not Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought a Bluetooth, <laughs> Bluetooth receiver, receiver, Bluetooth transmitter slash receiver for forty dollars. You want to hear one of my funny? Oh no, wait, hang on. Uh, my TV doesn't have a headphone jack. The receiver. <laughs> Uh, has one, but my Xbox doesn't run through the receiver. It runs straight into the TV. So you can't hear your Xbox. So I can't hear my Xbox, but you know, if I wanted to play, uh, you know, Super Mario, whatever for the Switch, Mario Brothers U, yeah. Switch, whatever it's called, yeah. uh, I could I could do that. Yeah, there you go. But it's like, how you know, do I really need like awesome sound fidelity <laughs> to play? <laughs> for Luigi to be like, whoa ha. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a great Luigi, by the way. That's a pretty good Luigi. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that was not a great person purchase for me and then after our conversation about uh i'm making how, regrettable purchases too. how your teeth are the best teeth in your dentist's practice mm. i bought a teeth whitening kit i gotta stra- get one too straight from colgate but yep. it's like it uses like a uv light somehow i know it was a hundred dollars and i'm like yes <laughs> this is what i need <laughs> when, when, my when i come out of quarantine in three years okay yes. So I wear these these uh, heads this Bluetooth headset yep. that rests on my shoulders. Yep, fits under your collar. Yep, and uh, it has little magnet buds that go out. Yeah, I got you one. I got tons of people one. I got I got you know Walt one. I got Denny one. My brother. I got everybody. I hold I know. it up to my camera here. Yeah, and this is going to help the audio folks. But uh, <laughs> what's great about those is it fits under your collar. So if you don't want to wear them in public. You just put them under your collar and no one sees it. Right. And then if someone calls you, you just take the bud and you put it up and you put it back in. Yep. That's one of the reasons I prefer those to the ones that are just in your ear. All the time. Yeah. Because otherwise you just have to keep in your pocket. Right. Which seems weird. Sorry. Got a hiccup. Um, and uh, last night or two days ago, I saw that there was a, a Bluetooth headset on Amazon, 40 bucks on sale for 20 and it's a it's ones where it's two separate ones that just go in your ear, waterproof, oh. so I can listen to podcasts in the shower <laughs> and as I shave. And so I got it. I was like, "That's so stupid." That's the only time I'll ever use it. Yeah, heaven forbid you you go that fifteen minutes without <laughs> yeah right. listen, listening to Tesdi or exactly yeah. Tuesdays of stories. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. Then I bought um I bought the Mario. I bought the controller. Yep. Um, spent a couple dollars extra on eBay to get the Mario one. That's funny. And then one of my impulse buys. That I actually thought was cool and is kind of a topic today is this, which is uh, if you know Mondo Tees, um, yes. they're kind of affiliated with Alamo Draft House right. in Austin. And it's this great company. I think they must have started out just doing prints and, and T-shirts of like big movie properties, like alternative movie prints, alternative covers. Um, the documentary 
I think it's uh, 18 by 24. Is that what it's called? It's something or like that. Or 24 by 36. Yeah, one of those two. Ooh. Uh, it's all about movie posters. Oh, I love it. They're, they're heavily featured. But Mondo has kind of grown. I think it's mondonews.com now. Mondo has grown to do a lot of like alternative uh, pop culture product products. Okay. So it's like they do t-shirts, prints, enamel pins. They'll do limited edition action figures, all different types of uh, movie-based products. And they just came out with this new book. Um, and I'll show it to the camera. Um, Stuck on VHS, a visual history of video store stickers. Oh, wow. Let's see if this works. Can you see this? Can anyone see that? And uh, what it is, here's what's cool about it. So I'll show you, Brad. Thank you. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> All right. See, this is, this is why I have to clear my throat so much because people think that I can't breathe. But it's just because my nose. So it's like these, like, uh, like it's, it's like stickers from video stores okay. that are, in you know, uh, unique to the video store that right. the store is made of like prices, but also like, you know, midnight movies, martial arts, cult, children, family. All oh, right. Like, like, yeah, like genres or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, and look at all these there. So they're R rated stickers. Right. They're specific to releases. One is for aliens. Wow. One, yeah. One is for, uh, rock and roll nightmare one is for killer workout oh that's bizarre to me yeah so it's all these vhs uh stickers from when there were rental properties but check this out all stickers from individual stores from around the country oh wow so they're like retro ones that are it's just kind of like an aesthetic book right that shows you the history of like video store stickers you see it that's and, that's uh, really interesting and, yeah. and not something i'd ever thought about before right at a, all in the cool, slightest isn't that a cool coffee yeah. table book well, for us, it was when we were kids, this was so normal and right. it went away and that's it. But now it's like, look, it's all the different versions of the green horror sticker. That's funny. It's so cool. Um, but I love, I think this is so cool. I, I want to go through, I haven't really gone through it yet. Right. But I ordered it from Mondo. Well worth it. Um, I don't usually just drop like $40 on a book like that. It was like, it was like I think it was 40 with shipping. I think it's 35 right. um, But Mondonews.com has stuck on VHS, visual history of video store stickers. Let's see. How about that one? <laughs> and uh it's great it's really really cool i love it i can't wait to go through and check this out back couple pages what do you think brad what do you think's in here uh, an index <laughs> <laughs> an appendix you son of a bitch it's all like actual stickers you can use oh that's cute isn't that cool yeah but yeah, you know, you know, I love like stuff like this. I do, like, but stuff like you this. know, you you said oh, spending forty dollars on it. I'm not going to tell you how much I pre-ordered uh, the Joe Hill limited edition uh, version of Twentieth Century Ghosts uh, for because it was more than forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's well, leather bound, super. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, usually, usually I kind of wait for things to go on sale. You know, I'm very thrifty. Yes. Um, but man, what a cool book, and I'm I'm glad I. I, I think part of it is that I'm more concerned with supporting businesses right now that i really like right because i know a lot of people are going to be tightening their purse strings so i love mondo i've ordered a ton of things from them so i was like oh if i can order something from them i'll do it and this book just seems so cool right so i grabbed it um but yeah man i am buying my happiest day but my happiness day by day you know i i <laughs> it's it's as dumb but like the idea of i ordered something yeah Oh, it's going to be delivered on Thursday. That gives me a reason to look forward to Thursday. Me too. Even if it is the adapter. Me too. So this Bluetooth transmitter can plug into my receiver. <laughs> like, yes, 3.5 to quarter inch. I'm going to get an adapter. Like, ah, uh, that's really funny. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, I wish that weren't the case, but uh, yeah. so it goes. Yeah. 
I know. I'm buying a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, you can't see it on the podcast, but we have this setup right now um, of like filming and to make it work and make it this small, we had to make a lot of adjustments and I had to get a bunch of new stuff. Um, small stuff still, still like, all you know, um, we're using cameras and these accessories that are very small from like third party companies. But I am like, I probably bought seven different things that are accessories for this right. setup, you know, so it's interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I'm looking for stuff. Every day, like I used to not be so crazy. I go to all the deals website every day now. And I'm like, is there a thing I could possibly put my hope into for, <laughs> for next week? I don't know. Yeah. It's sad. So it's, what's going on with uh, with your personal life, with your family and stuff during this time? Uh, my sister, mm-hmm. uh, formerly of California, mm-hmm. uh, she, she and her family moved. Basically... They found out that Arnold Schwarzenegger got elected as the governor. Yeah, but years ago. He's no longer even they, the governor. I don't know. Out. I they don't know why this makes it... She's so behind. Yes. <laughs> Um, is he still the governor? He is not. <laughs> when did he get voted out? Years ago. No. Yes. The Terminator? Yeah, the governor. Yes. <laughs> when did when did he get I, out? I honestly don't know, but it's been a while. Did he It's Newsom. Newsom is the the governor now. How years? Yeah. Did he ever make a movie while he was governor? Probably not. I don't right? think so. Or maybe he showed up in one of the expendables like yeah, that's towards cool. the end and he donated his salary, something like you that. You'd be cool. So that, does if you're the governor of California and then someone else gets voted in, do you have to do anything like pass the torch or pass a key? You know, uh, you want to provide the incoming governor with, uh, like there's, there's no ceremony. There's not, there's not, a, but, there's but, not like but, a televised thing. No, but your team like works with their team. Wouldn't it be crazy if like he was, he went to go like handshake the guy mm-hmm. and the guy pushed him into molten lava and he did the thumbs up like all the way down. That would have been crazy. Yes. <laughs> crazy is the right word for it. It's a cool, <laughs> you said crazy. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it's normal. All right, I agree this it would be normal. cool, but it would be crazy. <laughs> I agree it would be cool. I can't get on board with it being normal. <laughs> I can't defend that. <laughs> uh, why is there molten lava at this <laughs> governor even, to governor just, torch just from, passing just ceremony? Just from a blocking standpoint, yes. I can't even figure out the stage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's <just> molten metal, <laughs> lava. Uh, <laughs> they had a tub of lava in that factory. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's not. What were they processing? <laughs> Virgins. <laughs> that was quick. Are, are, you thinking, are you confusing T2 with Joe versus the volcano? That, I think so, yeah. It happens. No, yeah, confusing Tom Hanks with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Whew. All right. So uh, basically, my sister's husband, his job was was moving to Phoenix uh, yeah. in the near future. And so yeah. he said, I want to uh, get down there while the getting's good. We're going to build a house down there. The house will be ready in August. So we'll finish out the school year with the kids and then either move to Phoenix for two months, live in an apartment, mm-hmm. move to the house or yeah. stay in Chino for, for a little while longer until the house is ready and then move down. But we want to make sure we're down there when school starts so the kids can start in Arizona schools. Right. Well, uh, California schools said, hey, we're going virtual for, until the end of the year. And so my sister was like, well, if we sell the house, why wouldn't we just move down there now? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, then their house in Phoenix got delayed to October. Oh boy. So they're like, Oh, what, what do we do now? And my sister was like, I think we should stay here for two months yeah. in, in an apartment and then move to a rental, you know, apartment or house down in Phoenix and then move into our house. Yeah. They made the decision on Wednesday that they were going to do a rental property in Phoenix, a, a house. 
And they packed up their house on Saturday, drove on Sunday, unpacked on Monday. Wow. And I'm like, to, to move just myself. And if you were like, hey, you have like four days notice to get out of your one or two bedroom, one person apartment. Yeah. And you just have to take care of yourself. I would lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the idea of doing it for four people, five if you count my mom who has been out there for months. Yeah. Uh, and the kids like just boggles my mind that they, you know, it, yeah. it went well. It it, uh, it was successful. They got the stuff out of the, the truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, uh, more, more power to her. But uh, if any Chubies are in Phoenix and have some restaurant recommendations for when they reopen restaurants, let me know and I'll pass them along. Chuck and Brad podcast. No, Chuck and Brad at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, send them in. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. And, you know, my dad is, uh, he he's... <sighs> Dealing with health things, but not like, like, uh, like he, he hurt his hip and it turns out it was a stress fracture. So now he's doing physical therapy to mm-hmm. like recover from that. And I talked to him today. He was not having a good day, uh, yeah. just like physically. And also like the TV volume stopped working and I'm like, well, I can't help you with any of those things. Dan. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, he's, he's doing all right most of the time. So nice. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. My, uh, you know, we had my Nan and Papa on in November. Yeah. Thanksgiving. And uh, they're like 90 plus, you know. And so uh, early on in the Corona thing, my grandfather, there was a scare, said maybe he has it. He got a test. He didn't have it. However, that same day, my Nana fell and fractured her hip. Wow. And so the doctor said, you have to lay in bed for two weeks. And if your hip, uh, if it collapses, you need a new hip. Right. And if it starts to heal, then it'll heal. So she waited two weeks and I'm talking to her and I'm, you know, bummed out, but I can't do anything. Right. And you can't really even be there. Right. Can't be there. And uh, didn't collapse. She went back to the doctor. Didn't get better. So she said, you have to lay down for another three weeks. Wow. Yep. Then a couple of days ago, I got a text from my mom at midnight. She goes, Nana and Papa are okay, but Papa uh passed out and hit his head and needs 10 stitches wow he's in the emergency room whoa so they live by themselves in bristol yep rhode island and so uh my mom moved into their house to to take care care of of them them, yeah while they're all messed up and uh man i feel so bad for everybody involved yes my mom is like they they hang out in separate rooms watching separate tvs and they yell at each other over the tvs i mean (laughs) that sounds nice i like that (laughs) I feel so bad for them. You know, I brought them uh, bakery treats. Um, I brought them food one day. I call them a lot. Um, I think I'm going to go get them as dumb as this sounds. They love, my Nana specifically, loves Olive Garden's breadsticks, soup and salad. So I'm going to go to Olive Garden and get it for her. Nice. Um, And I don't know. I'm going to try to get some other stuff, but I can't really go there and do anything. And here's what's hard, too, is like if you had a friend who's like your age and like youngish. Yep. You could be like, have a HBO Now password. Right. I got got you Disney Plus for a couple months. I got you this thing. Right. But they don't know how to use anything like that. That's digital or streaming or anything. So they're just, I don't know how to help them. I can't give them Old Man Logan. They don't know. They don't want to read about Old Man Logan. I mean... Papa's like, my favorite character is the Hulk. How could he do this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... uh, yeah, so it's um the spider buggy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it just keeps flipping out at the buggy. revelations. <laughs> that was Spider Man in the sixties. How long ago was that? So sixty years ago? Yeah, give or take. Maybe he likes the spider buggy. Who knows? Maybe he does. 
Um, <laughs> Hang on, let's call him. Papa, yeah. what do you think of the spider buggy? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> just, just the mention of it, he flips out. But it sucks, and I feel, uh, you know, I feel really bad. I wish I could be there for them, but it's it's hard. You know, I can't. Um, so I'm just calling him a lot, trying to be there for my mom, who is at her wit's end. Um, <laughs> it's tough. It's really, really tough. And then so uh, Jordan, my roommate's daughter, Cal, she's around right now. Mm-hmm. At my house, so she's ten. So uh, we went for a walk. I was taking Swiss, my dog, for a walk today, and Cal's okay. like, "Can I come?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And Cal is like, um, "Like I love lying to her and like saying things that are not true." You, yeah, uh, uh, hang on once. <laughs> you love lying to everyone and saying things yeah, that aren't 10 true. Yeah, ten-year-olds believe it. Okay, there we go. I told her when she was born, she was a dog. We put a, a rubber band around her tail, and it fell off. She turned to a person for a long time. She didn't completely believe that, but right. she thought something was a seed of truth. Um, but today we were walking and we walked by this like photography place and there was like, <laughs> like a, a bridal, like, you know, like a marriage pictures. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's my ex-girlfriend. She left me for that guy in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and Cal's like, no, she's not. She goes, she would never be with you. She would never <laughs> choose you. I was like, what are you talking about? What the hell? I go, what about Gina? I'm like, don't you think Gina's pretty? And she's like, yeah, Gina's prettier than her. And I'm like, well, why would Gina be with me, but not this girl? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, why wouldn't that girl be with me? She goes, because look at you. You're meh. Like, that's what she said. <laughs> and I was like, I'm meh. I'm like, you know what you look like to me? A smashed birthday cake. And she went, that's not that bad. <laughs> Which I think that's funny. It's not that bad. Yep. And then... Uh, she was like, uh, I like that you're just directly insulting this 10 year old girl. <laughs> uh, she goes, uh, she goes, she's too good for you. That girl would never be with you. She goes, she's a model. I'm like, she's not a model. That was her wedding pictures. Yep. She just looks like a model because it's her wedding pictures. She goes, well, she's too good for you. I'm like, too good for me. You want to hear some stories? She, I'm like, when we were together, you know what she used to do as a hobby? And she's like, what? I'm like, she used to go outside with a magnifying glass and burn any ant she could find. I went, she worked at Dunkin' Donuts. An old man came in. He tried to order a latte. She slapped him across the face. And Cal's like, why? And I was like, he, he didn't know what oh, it was. So now she's on board. And she's like, why? I mean, he didn't know what it was. He was like, I guess I'll get a latte. What is that? She slapped him. And I go, I would never do that. And I was like, I bought you a cinnamon roll today because I got her a cinnamon yeah. roll. She's like, oh. And she were walking. And a minute goes by and she goes, maybe you're too good for her. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> That's walk, great. We were walking by a storm drain, like a big, there was like a, you know, a curb and like a yeah. kind of where Pennywise would be under the sewer. I, that I was, was exactly what I was picturing. Yes. I was like, I walked by that one time. I'm like, and someone grabbed my leg and I looked, I thought it was it. And uh, it was just your dad, your dad playing a prank. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really funny. Yeah. But I was trying to tell her about the history of the town, Warren walking around. Wasn't interested in that. But only your really lies. Reacted, only really reacted to the lies. I had to lie a lot. Okay. And it was funny too. Like I would be like, she was like. How long is this walk? She was being such a baby about the walk. And uh, I was like, I was like, chill out. Like, you're, you're 10 years old. You can go for a, an hour long walk. She was acting like it was so strenuous. And um, I, I knew we were walking in like all these different ways. I'm like, how do you think we get home from here? I don't really know how to get home. <laughs> and she goes, I don't know. Uh, She's like down this street. And basically I kept being like, well, you lead us home. I don't know. And like, I kept kind of like influencing her to, right. to make the right decision to right. go to different places. She's like, I don't know where we are. I don't know. And she was like, but finally I'm like, oh, there's a house right there. And yeah. she kind of, I think she kind of realized that I was uh, right. getting us. It was funny though. It was a good walk. But yeah, she, did, she didn't care. She was like, <laughs> and then she, she uh, Jordan said he asked her how the walk was and she said, meh. <laughs> All right. She was like, I should have drink some water before this walk. It's too long. I'm like, don't be a baby. Um, but it was funny. 
That's great. But yeah, so uh, one fun thing, and I want to mention this just because it was so delicious. Um, in Rhode Island, where we are, there's a place called Seven Stars Bakery. Yes. Delicious. Um, I think I got turned on to Seven Stars from there. It's weird. It's not the. It's not a goat cheese Danish. What kind of cheese Danish is it? I don't know. I'm not a Danish guy. Oh, is it everything Danish? <laughs> yeah, that's what sure. it is. They have this delicious everything Danish. Started going there a couple years ago. They have awesome lattes and awesome coffee drinks. Blah blah. Eventually, their olive bread came into play. I think. I think my girlfriend Gina, her sister Ava, worked there. Yes. Um. Maybe she brought the olive bread. And eventually, we got their cheddar bread. Cheddar sourdough, yeah. It's not sourdough. All right. I don't think it is. All right. It just says cheddar. It says Vermont cheddar loaf. Perfect. Could be a loaf of anything. Yep. But they're doing takeout right now. And I was like, oh, I really want to get this for a couple people. And uh, I tried like five times, but they didn't have the stuff that I wanted. Because you got to like go online during the day, order it for the next day for pickup. And finally, today I got through. Um, I got a cheddar loaf for me. I got a cheddar loaf for you. I yes. got cinnamon buns for me, Gina, Jordan, Cal. Um, and one more thing. Oh, I did a donation loaf for, yeah, you know, families in need. Uh, I, I knew there was one more thing. I think I'm not trying to brag. Um, but uh, I mean, a family in need got a, a loaf because of me, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the. By the way, that's the first thing I added to my cart. Hmm. And then I said, hmm, maybe I should get some for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> You're a true hero. As long as the family in need gets it. Yes. I don't. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I like the idea that you show up and they're like, "Hey, we're one loaf short," and you're like, "Oh!" <laughs> they're like, "Do you want to go to you or the the family in need?" And it's like a family in rags, <laughs> and I'm like, ee. and they were which, like, can, which, you, can, you, "Can you split it down the middle?" And I was like, "Let it go to them," and they were like, it's, "You're the rightful owner." <laughs> do you get that joke? Yes, I do. Yes, I so do. So dumb. Yeah. Uh, that's a good reference. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, their their stuff is so high quality. It's so good. If you're around Rhode Island, go to sevenstarsbakery.com. Right. Do a pickup order. They do it curbside. They come to your car. They put it in your car. Absolutely delicious. And it's a cool thing to surprise people with. Yes. I kind of wish I wanted to get more stuff um, just to give to other people, but I think I'll do that in the future. Yeah. But yeah, you can order stuff, and it was absolutely wonderful i appreciate it i'm i'm very much looking forward to were you surprised today when you I saw was, it i was absolutely did you have any idea none wow not even a little so good. it was yeah very much appreciated yeah all right so what are you going on you watching any movies this week i did i i watched uh watched a couple movies i watched jojo rabbit uh the, the which i want to watch White really TV bad film so I'll, I'll i'll save it until uh you have also watched it and we all can right. discuss it more thoroughly mm-hmm. um but i also watched the documentary uh, about Mr. Rogers. And I'm trying to remember if it's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood or mm-hmm. Won't You Be My Neighbor, I think is the documentary. And then A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is the Tom Hanks biopic about uh, Mr. Rogers. There you go. Because almost, I, get them mess, I get them mixed up too. Almost everyone yeah. I've told has said, oh, is that the Tom Hanks movie? And I'm like, no, you're thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, <laughs> um, you're thinking of the time that Mr. Rogers got thrown into a vat of lava. And then as he was falling down, <laughs> just a thumb up. No, no, it was, it was the king. Yeah. <laughs> as a puppet. King Friday the 13th. And somehow the king has a little thumb up. Yes, you're like, what the? <laughs> How'd he do that? <laughs> magic. Black magic. <laughs> it's, it's, it wasn't that. It was just the lava melted the thumb last. It was, the, <laughs> was the king a dick in that show? He, uh, you know, he could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was in charge, so sometimes you have to make tough okay. choices. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, was his character like a bad guy? They they, they talk a little bit about that, about oh, kind of the, the changing personalities of the puppets and yeah. and how they reflected like 
part of his personality and, and part of... I got to say, I don't know anything about Mr. Rogers. Well, I... I yeah. saw him speak in front of the Senate about continuing... Uh, Funding for PBS. Funding for PBS. Yep. And it made me like want to get a Mr. Rogers tattoo on my body. All right. Here's the <laughs> thing. I, you know, I watched Mr. Rogers as a youth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but don't ha- like, I don't, Mr. Rogers would not be happy with where I wanted to get it. <laughs> all, all you could see was the, the King's arm coming out. With a <laughs> I'm okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Jackie no, Chan. No, you certainly are not. <laughs> yeah. Um, the documentary, you know, great, great documentary. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I teared up between five and seven times Wow. and outright cried twice. Wow. That sounds like a fast and furious seven record. <laughs> it was, uh, you know what? I would say the Mr. Rogers documentary is as emotional as fast and furious seven. <laughs> That's hard. I don't know about um, that. No, it definitely, you know, it's streaming on HBO through the end of April. So by the time people hear this, it will have ended. But if you get a chance, uh, seek it out yeah, and, like uh, watch and, it. and watch it and, you know, be prepared to, I, w- I was glad that I watched it by myself because if I had watched it with you at your house, I would have fought back some of those tears. Yeah. But because I was like alone yeah, on my couch. Unabashedly bald. Unabashed. <laughs> uh, you know, like my beard was, was, I was, I was wringing my beard out for days. I mean, we were watching uh, Onward at yes. my house and I was like kind of lounging on my couch yep. with my legs to my right and Jordan was on my right and mm-hmm. Gina was on my left. And like I was sinking further and further down and my late, my knees were going higher. And Gina's like, are you blocking Jordan from seeing you cry? And I was like, oh, like, all, all he saw was a little thumbs up come up above my knees. Um, yeah, Mr. Ra- you know, he just uh, just such a, a unique person to get that platform. I, right. I know there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things. Right. Uh, usually on a more micro level. And he was right. doing this on a macro level and kind of his his push towards... Um, you know, racial relations and, and uh, just working with all these kids and like his genuine joy yeah. at, at meeting people. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know that my joy is that genuine, but like, yeah. man, yeah, I, I'm like, what, what was I missing in my childhood that now in my forties, I can hear him say like, you are worthy of being loved <laughs> just by who you are. And I'm like, oh my God, I needed to hear that. Why did he lie to me? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was really, really touching. So that's great. Uh, good, good stuff on that one. And I was going to like, I was like, oh, I'll make it a Mr. Rogers day. I'll watch the Tom Hanks movie later that day. I'm like, I can't handle yeah. any more emotions today. Yeah. It's, you ever watch, you know, it'd be weird to watch the Mr. Hanks, Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers doc, and then the Walt Disney one. It's not a documentary. I'm sorry. The Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie. And then the Walt Disney movie with Tom oh, Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah, Walt yeah. Disney. Right. And then the Sully one. Wow. That would be weird. Tom Hanks just all over the place. You, huh? you know what I thought about recently? Maybe this is a stupid conversation. You could tell me I'm an idiot. I mean, Maybe how many is. jokes have you made about a thumb? So, <laughs> so I don't know that we're going to get. Here's a question. Ready for this? Right. When you watch a movie uh-huh. and you see an actor do a great job at portraying a role. Okay. At portraying a character in a role. Do you think that subconsciously you take things about the actor from previous roles and you apply them to what you're watching? Another here's here's a good one. I thought about today. Joker. Okay. Do you think when you watch the Joker, you have a little bit more sympathy in your heart for him because you've seen um, Joaquin Phoenix be sympathetic in other roles? Like I think about his role in Her, which I know you didn't watch. Not yet. It's 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 on my uh, queue. But I, I does did. the movie start and I see him, and when I see him in pain or sad. Do I have a little bit of built-in empathy for his other movies? 
Is that weird? You know, maybe a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's, I, it's weird because, you know, I, I'm sure as an actor, you're like, no, I want you to wipe the slate clean for this role. But if, if your presupposition of who the actor is and therefore what they bring to the character adds to like your appreciation of their work, I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, it's okay. If you want to, if you want to, e- I mean. even though I'm Joker, if you want to call me the name of the guy from her, like that's fine. Well, think about, think about, uh, so I'm watching <laughs> the Sopranos. Yep. You know who was added to the cast this season? Joey Tribbiani. Steve Buscemi. Oh, okay. Can you really take out Buscemi of what you know from him in Con Air and, and watch this without him being part of that character? Is that why he went on to Boardwalk Empire? Does that have something to do with it? I don't know. Maybe. You know Man. what I mean? Like, do, does, do people kind of, I mean, obviously, you got to think right. of Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, right. all those people. Right. There's a built-in background in, in these different movies. But, like, I just wonder how much you're supposed to forget who they are. You know, I, I, it, or, it or, probably or, varies from person to person and, and movie to movie. When, you, when I guess Star Wars is big on casting unknowns for their, yeah. for their leads to avoid this. Right. Right? But now, do you think when you cast... It's weird, because then you think of these people like Harrison Ford... Is that so much in the direction of someone crazy famous that you cast them because people already appreciate them? Well, Harrison Ford now or Harrison Ford in 1977? No, I mean now. In 1977, okay. he's, he's, no he's new. Yeah. But like now, do you cast Harrison Ford because people are like, get off my plane. I know. That's mm-hmm. him responding to I love you. All these different things. Like, you know what I mean? I, I wonder about that. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> get off my plane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Because he was in Airplane, Soul Plane. <laughs> I just never saw Air Force Snakes one. on a plane. But I think about, I really think about, I guess one of the best examples for me is uh, is Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Right. Where if that was someone new and they did that, that good a job, would you think of them as more disturbed and creepy than Joaquin, who has this history of playing characters with varying levels of sympathy? You know what? I, I think... I am more likely to carry over positive traits. Tom Hanks? Right. Then 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 I would negative traits. When you, so, when so you hear if, Tom if, Hanks if, is gonna be Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you're, you're I'm like, like yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah perfect. A role he was born to play. Uh but you know, if if they had cast, you know, Jimothy Jones mm-hmm. in the role of Joker, mm-hmm. a lot of alliteration. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know who it was. He does the exact same work as Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, Joaquin, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a that's a holdover from when I used to say the name like yeah, that. That's funny. It's a. Uh, then I'm I'm like, wow, he must be like a well-adjusted guy to have been able to convincingly play such a a, a creepy. Really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, it's weird because there are, there are very few actors that I'm like, oh, those people are probably really creepy in real life. I'm not going to say their names because I don't want to hurt any of Bush- those feelings. Buscemi really uh, convinced me he was a creep in Con Air. I love Buscemi. Oh my God. I love him. Yeah. I love him. You know what though? The first couple times I saw him were, was probably Cameo and Billy Madison. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. He crosses the name off the list of people to yep. kill and puts on lipstick. Yep. And Con Air. Which is so, the yeah. best. Oh, Conair, I got to say, Conair, if I had some sort of like, what, what's it called when you have like a, a image and the middle is like a nucleus and has arms that go out to different circles and all different like things. Like a hub? And they just, oh, like, oh, yeah. it's like an infographic of yes. some kind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like Conair might be an important movie to my like development as like a movie lover. Really? Something about that movie is like spectacular to me and... 
ballsy and like a ride like okay. few movies are you know what it's I mean? Weird. Yeah, it's weird because I, I definitely remember enjoying the movie and now I'm trying to think of the movies for me that would be part of this infographic. Maybe maybe I shouldn't think of it that way because it's not like movies branched off from it or anything, but it's such an important movie to my core. Like if right. there's like, if someone was like, what are the top 20 most influential movies that in your in your life? I bet it's up there. I bet it's in the top 20. Well, I, I'd have to think about my top 20 because I, I don't know that I would be able to like, you know like I, I hope it's not Rocky four. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing is Con Air a good movie. That's a good question. But I kind of think that for a movie that came out probably in 1996 or 1997, yeah. it was just a ballsy movie of like, it's kind of diehard on a plane, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but these characters, these, this, this world of like, dude, that movie has John Cusack. Yep. Obviously Nicolas Cage. Dave Chappelle. Yep. Danny Trejo. Yep. Steve Buscemi. Yep. Uh, John Malkovich. Yes, it does. Like, come on. What are we talking about? And they make the stops and they, they meet with, with the other, t- the other people and they have to let the guy go. Dude, it's just so good. Ving, is Ving Rhames in it as well? Ving Rhames. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Nicholas Cage decides to stay on the plane. Yep. When he could have gotten off somewhere. Right. To help his friend. And the cops, John Cusack figures out that they have an in on the plane because they're like, why? This guy was just about to get out. Why wouldn't he get out there? Right. And they know that he's being a good guy somehow. It's it's such a good movie. Like to me, it's, it's honestly, if I'm thinking about my overall, like best favorite action movies of all time, that one's going to be at the very top. Not, not like number one. Right. But but like up there. In in the upper echelon. Just in terms of what it brought to the table. And and I got, I got to say one thing I've been realizing more about, about film more and more about film is that uh the context of when a movie is made and released has a lot to do with the movie more more to do with the movie than we think about right because when people say like jaws is one of the best movies ever halloween's one of the best movies ever this movie's one of the best movies ever and then different people of different ages see them and they're like why is this why is this why is this i think you really have to put yourself in the mindset of what was film like at this time right because movies they don't say it's not like every good movie comes out and changes film they might influence a 3% change in action films that is significant right. and made this happen. This movie pushed in this way, this movie, this movie. And I think that Con Air is one of those movies that's just like special for the time period. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, yeah. I just wonder about how much, uh, yeah, you're the actor influences. I, obviously, this is kind of a pedestrian question. Right. But I was just thinking about it today in terms of Joker and different things. And uh, it's, it's a funny thing. And I, specifically, it was her. Uh, into Joker. Right. Because he kind of feels like a weird loner. I know you haven't seen it. You gotta watch her. All right. It's awesome. I uh, you feel like it's gonna be too depressing. Yes, absolutely. But you're not in love with a robot. <laughs> Don't let my Google Nest hear you say that. Yeah. Um We're working out we're working out what our relationship is. It's really, really good. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? This is a good uh this is actually a good segue. You know why? No. Director of her Spike Jones. Oh, Spike Jones. And also I wanted directed. to talk about the Beastie Boys documentary. Yeah, we we talked about uh, we we gave a little preview for it. Yeah. on last week's episode. Right, uh, and you have since watched the Beastie Boys documentary. I have not. So the Beastie Boys documentary was released last uh, maybe Friday on uh, HBO in general slash HBO Now and HBO to Go, um, and it's basically like a two hour documentary. Do you know about it? Like that's yeah. told on stage. Yeah. So basically, it's like uh, the surviving two Beastie Boys of the three did uh, this. These I think it was a total of four live shows, 
three in New York, one somewhere else, where they told the whole story of the Beastie Boys, right? Um, live on stage to an audience, and they filmed this this you know kind of two man show type of thing, right? Interspersed with documentary footage um, that they screened in live in the room that night, and it's a really interesting way to do it. It's a cool way to do it. Um, I think the project was really fun, and I enjoyed it. I think they would have made like a deeper, uh, like a, a movie with a deeper dive if they had done a traditional documentary. Ah, okay. Because it seems like they go from 1997 to 2009 in about three minutes in this movie. Ah, okay. Which is a bum out because right. that's kind of the... When you got yeah, into them. Yeah. Exactly. They, they go from Intergalactic to their final show was at Lollapalooza 2009 really, really fast. And I wish there was a little bit more. Um, but this stuff is fascinating. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. A lot. I think a lot of people know that Beastie Boys became famous for stuff that they then they they felt they were parodying it, right? And then they were bummed out that they were that famous for that stuff. I didn't realize that that was like immediate. It was like uh, Fight for Your to Party comes out, and like the next tour they're headlining Madison Square Garden, right? And they regret it right away, and they like retire from not retire but like take a hiatus, right? Yeah. So I thought I think they would have gotten more out of a, a traditional documentary. Um, but yeah, so they, they go on hiatus and it shows them kind of relearning instruments and, and getting more into it. it. It's it's really, really great. It's very emotional. It made me cry. Oh, yeah. They have these two huge monitors that are, um, <clears throat> what's it called? Tele, teleprompters. Yep. And at one point, um, one of them uh, is like, he goes to like talk about um, Yach, Adam Yach. Yep. And he goes like, he goes, you know, our friend, and he goes... <clears throat> And he like turns to the other guy and he goes like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Right. And the other guy takes over his lines yep. from the teleprompters and it's like really, really sad. Um, but I thought it was great. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't really want to give anything away in terms of like surprises or anything like that. But I did want to say this. I did want to read you this, which I thought was pretty interesting. Okay. An article came out from Film School Rejects <clears throat> and it says the ending of the Beastie Boys story explained, which I was like, well, what does it need explaining for? Right. You know? says, documentaries are not really the sort of movies you expect to need explaining. By nature, they're often made for the purpose of explaining something. By nature, they're often made for the purpose of explaining something. But not all documentaries are meant just for communicating information. Even those that, those that are don't necessarily need to explain everything explicitly. And by the way, Spike Jones was kind of present in this okay. as a God Mike character. Okay. Where they kind of had a couple jokes. Like where one of them was like, and that's when some crazy shit went down. And then they like wait for a second. They're like, it's supposed to be like an animation of like a thing my, my friend made. And Spike goes with the thing. He's like, hey, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't have it ready yet. And they're like, awesome. You know, like, it's that kind yeah. of, he's, he's there probably like maybe three times. Right. Um, blah, blah, blah. All right. <clears throat> so they explain the whole thing. Okay. Uh, first three. Okay. The first day of the Beastie Boys stories, uh, which did not, con which this person says in this in this article which i'm pretty sure did not contribute to the film was in philadelphia the other three were at the king's theater in brooklyn uh ben stiller steve buscemi and david cross played themselves at these screenings okay they, they're not in the documentary at all right uh but they all filled the same role for it for the show on each of the three nights um and there was a cut bit that included someone from the audience oh they each played a person from the audience that interrupted the show. It says they're not that, exactly that random. Ben Stiller, who previously inadvertently wound up making a cameo in another Beastie Boys concert film, is a huge Beasties fan. He's also made appearances on stage. Blah, blah, blah. They're all part of it. Um, um, 
Let's see where they explain it. The purpose of the interruption during the show appears to have been to express some truth about the album Paul's Boutique. Oh, okay. Because what happens in the documentary is they basically say they really poured their heart and soul into Paul's Boutique. And when it came out, no one cared about it. Right. And that's all they really say about it. But now it's looked back on as an influential album that right. a lot of people really care about a lot. Yeah. And I think that it was hard. It, sa- it says um, uh, Stiller, Buscemi, and Cross on the different nights get up to remind the two Beastie Boys that despite bombing when released, their 1989 record went out to be hugely popular and influential. Many, including myself, believe it to be their best work. So... They kind of were there to like mention that. And I right. guess they got cut out of the final thing because it was like, maybe it went too far into comedy. I don't know. Right. But um, but I thought it was really good. Um, It's an experimental way to do it. I think that if they did a straight documentary, it might have been a little bit more thoughtful. Right. And sentimental. Okay. Maybe this is, maybe this is what they want though. Maybe they want it to be a little bit more like the Beastie Boys, you know, the surviving guys are still connected to right. it. Right. Um, but I really liked it a lot. And like I said in last week's episode, um, you know, I don't have that much of a connection to the Beastie Boys, but I love the aesthetic of what they do. I love the aesthetic of their videos and I like all their singles. It's just one of those bands that was a little bit before my time, so I right. never got into. So I'm, I, I kind of want to get into them now. Nice. But it seems, I don't know, I might, I might do it. I thought about the idea of like, next time I go for a walk, I'm going to listen to their entire first album. And then today, Cal wanted to go on the walk, so right. I do it. Right. And you had to lie to her, so. But maybe I will. Maybe I'll get into the Beastie Boys during the quarantine. Sweet. Who knows? All right, how about this? I got some interesting news. I'll take it. Comingsoon.net. Trolls World Tour, which is uh, the new Trolls movie. Yes. It's a CGI children's film from Universal, I believe. Trolls World Tour grossed almost $100 million in the first three weeks on video on demand. Right. According to the Wall Street Journal, <clears throat> in its first three weeks of VOD release, Trolls World Tour has shattered digital records, earning nearly $100 million in digital rental fees with almost 5 million rentals after the movie debuted on April 10th. Universal Studios, uh, Universal Pictures shared that the sequel with a $90 million budget has already garnered $77 million in revenue, according to Joe Blow, with additional revenue coming from music sales thanks to the soundtrack as well oh, as merchandise. Okay. right. Um, according to the outlet, the Trolls sequel has already made more money for the studio than Trolls did during its five months in theaters. Wow. NBC Universal said the result of Trolls World Tour has exceeded our expectations and demonstrated the viability of PVOD, which is uh, released to video on demand. Right. As soon as theaters reopen, we expect to release movies on both formats. Hmm. Right? Um, <clears throat> and here's an article that just came out uh, a little while ago. GameSpot.com. AMC Theaters fires back at Universal's says it won't play any of their movies as part of Dispute. Wow, okay. Universal produces the Fast and Furious franchise, Jurassic World, and the upcoming Super Mario movie. Universal's new Trolls movie, World Tour, skipped theaters and released digitally where it enjoyed massive success, bringing in $100 million in rentals over the first three weeks. Not everyone is thrilled, however. One of the largest global movie theater chains, AMC, has fired back at Universal and is now vowing to never show another Universal film again. Mm. <laughs> Universal CEO said it was yeah same quote I just said it's right. gonna it's gonna release movies on both. Um, okay. However, these comments ruffled the feathers of AMC boss Adam Aaron or Aaron. It's one A. That's kind of weird. Yes, I'm gonna call him Adam Aaron. I All like right. that. In a statement via the Hollywood Reporter, Aaron said Shell's comments were disappointing. Jeff's comments as to Universal's unilateral actions and intentions have left us with no choice. Therefore, effective immediately, AMC will no longer play any Universal movies in any of our theaters in the United States, Europe, or the Middle East, Aaron said. This is, this is two hours ago. 
The statement goes on to say that AMC will also block the release of any other movie that unilaterally abandons the long-standing agreement between studios and theaters to release titles in cinema first before putting them on digital stores. The policy, this policy affects any and all universal movies per se. It goes into effect today, and as our theaters reopen, it is not some hollow or ill-considered threat. Incidentally, this policy is not only aimed at universal out of to out of peak or to be punitive in any way. It also extends to any movie maker who unilaterally abandons current windowing practices absent good faith negotiations between us, so that they as a distributor and we as an exhibitor both benefit neither are hurt from such changes. Aaron clarified AMC is willing to meet with Universal to discuss how to move forward, but for now our decades of incredibly successful business activity together has sadly come to an end. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It is very weird. <laughs> it just seems like a weird... It's, it's weird that, first of all, the idea of Universal saying, hey... This movie we released when there's no way to go to the movies and no competition is doing really well. So you know what? We're going to change our whole business model based on that. Well, it's 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 weird because I don't know if that's the thing is I don't really know if Universal is saying that if they say going right. forward, right. we're going to ex- explore both. Is that really that much of a statement? Right. But it's 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 I don't know. I, I, like I'll put it this way. Beastie Boys documentary. Yep. Like, let's say that's distributed by someone and it goes to HBO now and premieres there. Right. Is that okay? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, though, that these big budget films yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are for the cinema. Sure, sure, like sure. for theaters. I, you know, the thing I read today, somebody somebody's quote, it may have been Griffin Newman, who mm. was in The Tick, and it, uh, is Orko and the, the He-Man animated show that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, like, if McDonald's stops selling hamburgers, they're going to set a world record for most French fries sold. Something like that. And so that's kind of what's going on here. And so then are they going to say, like, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't sell hamburgers anymore? Like, well, here's the, here's the thing. Here's a question for you. Yeah. You can answer. Okay. Yes, you're right. In terms of, like... Not a question. They're not able to put them in theaters right now. Right. However, it's not just, like... There are these options. This one's off the table. So right. there's this. It's also, before this happened, would an audience be open to this? And has the fact that this has happened opened them up to this as, right. a, as a model? Right. I mean, it, even even Netflix. Yeah. I'll put it this way. Remember when Netflix started as like a streaming service? Yes. I bet their revenue from renting movies digitally at that time was nothing. Right. And it's not because... Um, it's not because it was like subpar or there was some problem. It's because people weren't used to it yet. Right. And it had to be slowly introduced into people's lives as something that made sense. I also think not a ton of people or not as many people, not enough people had high speed internet at the time. Sure. But, but and, I think that that's right. a part of the idea of new options. It's almost like CD sales. Right. Or, or you know what I mean? It's that to me, that's what this is. Right. To me, the idea of digital streaming is kind of the next evolution of, of uh, media of right. what it is. And I, I I agree that I want theaters to survive, and I agree that Jurassic World and Fast and Furious and those huge movies should right. be in theaters. But um, here's a question. Does Trolls fit into that? You know, it, it, if it's a $90 million budget, that's a pretty big budget. But but does... Uh, I don't want to use Kevin Smith because he, he, what about he West, has West his World, own... Westworld, the TV show, had a $100 million budget. Yeah, but it's also nine or 10 hours long. So it's, yeah. you know... Uh, if you think about, uh, like... What was the the interview? Yeah. The, was that the Seth Rogen? Yeah, Sony. Yeah. Um, you know, so that budget is not $90 million. Right. But like, does that warrant a theatrical release? Right. Or, uh, you know, 
Or are you saying like, hey, the only movies that are going to come out in theaters are blockbusters? And I realize that's kind of the case now. But if a movie like The Favorite mm-hmm. uh, or The Mule or, a, you mm-hmm. know, a lower budget prestige film comes out. Right. And they're like, <coughs> excuse me, they're like, no, you know what? We're just going to release it to straight to, to VOD. Uh, because it costs too much to release to theaters, costs too much to market to theaters. Right. Which honestly, it does. I think it does. Yeah. Uh, so then those movies aren't seen in theaters, but is there still a certain cultural cachet? Yeah. Attached to movies being released in theaters that kind of legitimizes them. It's or depending on how long this isolation, these safer at home initiatives go, is that cachet going to fade? Right. Uh, you know, it, it's weird because I think the idea of releasing a family mi- family movie yeah. to home video and you're like, all right, you're going to pay $20 and watch this at home yeah. versus releasing a you know, Fast and Furious movie aimed more typically towards young men. Yeah. I think... It makes more sense for the, fa- the family movie makes more sense for, for a home release simultaneously. Because you might be buying something for four people to watch. Right. And... You know, taking children to a theater is a production. Oh, that's true too. Uh, interesting. That's an interesting part of it. So if if they were like, "Hey, we're going to release some of our family films this way," I, you know, negotiate with with your theater chains and say, "All right, well, yeah. well, you know, well, the 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 percentages grosses will right. will change somewhat." Mm-hmm. Uh, also, stop charging so much for snacks. See, here's here's what's interesting to me is like <clears throat> that's my concern. Yeah, here's what's interesting to me. It's it's almost like. Uh, I don't know. I think that these soft comments of like, yeah, this is going to change the way we look at things. And so we might, we're going to do videos, some stuff to, to stream immediately, video on demand and some stuff to theaters. Don't those comments seem so soft to be they so do. reactionary for it? it, it like think the reaction this. seems weird. Uh, disproportionate. Kevin Smith uh, put out Zach and Miri make a porno yes. and Clerks 2 to like big theater chains. Right. And I think after Clerks 2 came out, he said Clerks 2 cost $5 million to make and it cost us $5 million to market it. Right. Because that's how it is with theaters. So going forward, and he did this with Tusk and Red State and now Jay and Silent Bob reboot, he's like, I'm going to make the movies myself right. and release them, you know, maybe limited theatrical release or whatever, but really tour them for people who want to see my movies, right. pair them with a Q&A and then release on digital. What if... What if he said that and Universal and AMC was like, well, we're never going to show a Kevin Smith movie again because right. of that. Wouldn't that seem weird? It would. And I think that this is kind of the same thing. Right. Just coming from a company that's big. And I guess a company that controls probably, let's just hypothetic, hypotheticize, hypothesize. There we go. Maybe a quarter of the big blockbusters that come out. Right. Um, so maybe that's why they're so worried about it. It just seems it just seems like these comments that uh, AMC are making seem very overblown and kind of crazy. And it's weird that they double down on them and they like, by the way, they're not like overblown and crazy. This is how we really feel. Right. Uh, seems really strange. It does. I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it, really. Um, but it seems odd. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird because I think. What if you made a Trolls 3? What if you made a Trolls 3? They're in high school. That cost $25 million. Right. And it went straight to VOD and they kind of made the same amount of money and it was a huge success that way. Right. I don't know if there's I've seen anything wrong with that. No. It's hard. It's hard because I think that people sometimes like to say black and white, this is this and this is this, where it's like maybe, maybe, uh, I, by the way, some of our news we were going to talk about, we don't really need to talk about that much, but Seth Rogen filmed the new comedy and it's being released directly to HBO Max this summer. Right. Uh, called the American Pickle or something like that. Something like that. 
And but you know what it is, right? Yeah. And he fell. He, uh, a guy in the 1920s fell into brine, and he got pickled, and he woke up in 2020. Which I yeah. love that idea. It's a great concept. Love it. Seth Rogen comedy. Yep. Is that allowed to come out on video on demand, or right. is it too big? Yeah, it's weird because like I'm sure there are all kinds of contracts, right. and agreements between studios, and uh, you know, like we'll give you this many films, and mm-hmm. this this is our way. You know, we talked about windowing. This is the window that it'll be in theaters after which it can be released on home video. Uh, you know, right? Uh, or you know, this one. It's released to Netflix three weeks before it's released to Blu-ray or sure, sure, Disney sure, sure. Plus or whatever. So yeah. or Blu-ray three weeks before whatever. Right. Yeah. And so I, you know, I know the Rise of Skywalker is is coming out on Disney Plus earlier than planned. Yeah. Uh, but Disney, it's it's vertically integrated with Disney. Exactly. So Disney's not stepping on any toes. Yeah. It's, it's their own toes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I have a problem. <clears throat> I have a problem with some of this stuff because even even uh, Ray and I would talk about some of this stuff where he's like. I don't know if it's fair that Netflix makes their own content and then releases it to their own um, streaming service right? because they're the producers and the distributors. And I'm like, ah, it's hard for me to find fault in that. Right. If Netflix is like, everyone else said no to Stranger Things. They went to every traditional studio. We're going to give you $20 million to make it and take a risk on this. And it does well. I don't really see a problem with that. And just like that, just just in the same way of that, if Universal is like, we're going to put $90 million into a movie and put it on video on demand... And, and hope that it does well based right. on this previous model. I also don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because, you know, then you got Nolan out there, the director, Christopher Nolan, who's like, we've got to make sure that theaters ex- exist and stay after this. And maybe he would, if he was here, he'd be like, listen, here's why you can't do that. You know, he's Davy Jones and uh, <laughs> he's one of the Beatles in this. Yes. Maybe he yeah, could. Yeah, Davy exp- Jones, famous <laughs> Beatle. <laughs> I love the monkeys more than the Beatles sometimes. I don't know about if I love the music more, but I like the concept of the monkeys more than the Beatles. I like a silly man more than a regular man. You show me a man who can write a great song and I'll dump him in lava. He gives a thumbs up and I'm walking away with Davy Jones on my back where he's running around in fast speed motion. I like that more. Okay. I love the Beatles, but man, the monkeys. I, uh, that's what I believe in. I'm a monkey. You know, you're uh cat Stevens. Um, <laughs> Cat Stevens now or Cat Stevens then? Family Guy had a great James Taylor joke. They were like, uh, like what James Taylor did to rock and roll. And it was like, uh, I can't even do it. I'm yeah. not going to do it justice, but it All was right. very funny. Nice. Um, anyway, I kind of think it's up to them to do what they want to do. I would, that's hard. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if this AMC exec was here and Christopher Nolan was here and they both sat me down and they signed my autograph book. Um, huh, they could, Adam Aaron? <laughs> they could tell me, this is here's this graph here's this infographic here's right. why universal can't release trolls 3 to vod or amc could go under maybe they could convince me but for me i feel like if it's their property and now we have all these models i don't know i like the idea that you have them there they give you the whole thing and you're like oh i understand but before you guys leave con air 2 <laughs> is it universal <laughs> uh, i have a question for you yes i think it's fox i don't know i, d- I don't know Justin Timberlake. Yes. 2001. Says, I'm making this up. This is complete horseshit. Okay. He says, I'm releasing my next album on this new service called iTunes. Yep. And Strawberries Music says, we're never going to carry a Justin Timberlake album again. Is that the same as this? You know, it might be. It is the same. It might be, except that uh, it's it's weird because the idea of... The, bu- the budget of like 
top tier budget. Right, but I, that's I'm, what this is going. I'm on? saying is is stra- does strawberries control one fourth of the music sales in the world? No, it's not. No, it's not strawberries. Strawberries isn't Universal. Strawberries right. is AMC. Right. That's what I'm saying. I was saying one fourth is controlled by oh, Universal. All right. All right. All right. So d- does strawberries have as many outlets, or are there there different outlets for? Justin Timberlake's music to oh, be you're saying, purchased. Yes. So showcase AMC, whatever right. it is. Um, so what? Yeah. So uh, let's say, I think it is the same. I think it is. Let, let's right. say it is, you know, Re- right. yeah. Regal. It's one of the biggest music chains maybe right. in the world at that time. Right. But that to me, that just, I had just never heard a, of it before I moved out here. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's just regional. Um, then what are the big ones? Strawberries. I, I uh, it's weird because I would think about like Sam Goody or Sam tower, Goody. tower records, tower records. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's the same though. It's, it's saying, Let's try this model. Right. Maybe we bring down the cost a little bit or we do advertise it differently. Yep. Can this work? And the company that normally distributes it in a traditional way is saying, fuck you for trying that. Right. Or fuck you for maybe taking a few of your projects and doing right. that. Right. It's, it's weird because I, 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 again, I'm sure there are agreements behind the scenes that yeah. we are not privy to. Sure. That if, if Justin Timberlake's label had an agreement with strawberries, like, yeah. Hey, you're not going to release music digitally as if anyone will ever do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. and then Justin Timberlake's label violated that agreement. Oh yeah. 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 Then I think they're well within their rights to like, uh, you pull their britches up mm-hmm. and stomp away angrily. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that is your move. You do. <laughs> I, I bought extra low crotched britches so I can pull them up higher before I stop. That's definitely away. the only reason you bought them. <laughs> yes. I, it I have really some is. too. Yes. Different reason. <laughs> Different, Different reason. reason. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I feel for it. It's, it's weird too because we're, we're, we're living in this world. Everything is kind of in between. I shouldn't even say that. It, for the past 15, 20 years, there's been this war of like digital physical and now streaming i think is almost a right. different thing right and it's hard i mean taylor swift was kind of you know she was up against the the streaming sites being like spotify pays this much per stream right when really it's kind of bullshit that the artist would get this much of a download right and now they get this much of a stream it doesn't really make that much sense and i don't even first of all i don't even know how that ended up right um but i do think that there's this war where everyone's trying to figure out what to do and it's hard because no matter what you got to think and I hate to I hate to be honest about this, but the person who's making the digital thing, I mean, or making the physical thing or doing the physical job is always going to be like, this is fucked up. They shouldn't change this. Right. And I'm like, you can't stop technology. Yeah. Like a guy used to take the letters on a newspaper and place them yeah. to print the newspaper. And that guy was probably pissed off when they invented a machine that could do it automatically. Right. Just like now when we have baggers at Stop and Shop and they have automatic kiosks and people are like, no more automatic kiosks. I'm like, if it makes sense and technology supports this, this is the way it's going to go. Right. And I guess you're just going to train those people to do different jobs or something, but that's how life is going to progress. Right. And it's the same thing with this kind of stuff where it's like these movie theaters where people are leaving their homes, driving somewhere, paying this much money, sitting in the theater where there could be a, a 350 other dickheads ruining their movie experience. That's true. That's what happened home. with one of the Jurassic movies. And then, or you can watch it at home for the same price in the comfort of your own home. And maybe you don't care about that stuff. It, it's tough. It's tough to be like, ah, okay, I'm a caveman. Right. Just keep it like this. And it's weird because I love movie theaters and I don't yep. want movie theaters to go away. And I think they're an integral part of a lot of film experiences. Trolls 2... I don't know if it falls into that. I haven't seen Trolls 1. And if, By the way, they're supposed to be... I saw Trolls 1 kind of in passing. Wicked funny. And I've heard nothing but positive things about Trolls 2. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard 
uh, our, our pal Steph uh, liked Trolls 1 and she's like, add it to your watch list. I yeah. did. I haven't watched it. I watch, I watch Trolls she 1 She listens too. to the podcast. So now she, she knows now that she I knows. haven't watched You're it. You're a guilty yeah. baby. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm on the side of like, I think that movie theaters are an integral part of the film experience. But I think that saying, hey, Universal, you can't release any movies straight to VOD is not fair and doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem to make it make sense. Right. What if they did buy the Beastie Boys documentary? Does it have to be in theaters? Right. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's, t- it's, a re- it's real tough. And I, and I feel for people who are losing revenue and losing money and they feel like they're already on hard times. But man, when, you, when, you're, when this quarantine especially just forces this situation and it reveals that that universal can double its 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 uh investment on on a kids movie right when they release it at home the idea of like you're not allowed to go down that route and you got to spend 25 million dollars on marketing it to theaters instead i don't know man yeah it, it doesn't sound right yeah you know what before we go any further mm-hmm. i think my phone's ringing uh-oh yeah let me answer it let's see who's calling me i have a feeling it might be jim nellis from ri food fights i hope so but we'll find out hey guys Thanks for inviting me back to my own page. Really appreciate it. Um, let's talk about R.I. Feeds Our Heroes. R.I.Heroes.org. R.I.Heroes.org. Keep giving. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep feeding the nurses. We're going to announce tonight that we are going to have a raffle of over $500 in gift cards donated from restaurants across the, uh, across the state. So we'll let you know how that plays out uh, soon. But uh, riheroes.org, thanks for giving. We love you guys. Peace. You know, he never lets me talk when he calls. It's weird. It is weird. Uh, but see you later, Jim. Yep. Hmm. I don't have that much important stuff left. I got the Kevin Smith Patreon I want to talk about, but it's not even a Patreon, but that's the model. Right. I watched the movie <coughs> Groundhog Day for the first time because we're in quarantine. And, it fe- and every day feels so similar. It's funny because, and I thought about this recently. When you're a kid, I think there are some movies that come out and you're just in like, for some reason, like let's say Brad's nine years old and while you watch TV, there's a movie that's just kind of marketed a lot and you see trailers for it. You go to the movies, you see it, you see it on magazines. Even if it's not an important cultural movie, it just kind of stays with you forever as like, this is an important movie. And Groundhog Day is not exactly that because I think it is kind of important. Okay. But like there was a movie when I was a kid called Milk Money. Yeah. And in my head, it was like this sexy movie where this girl was so sexy. She's banging the dad. Is it Melanie Griffith, the guy, maybe? The kid is Ed drawing Harris? on her vag. I'm not sure. You know why I thought about that? Because he has to take her to... The kid takes her to school, the woman. Right. I don't even know what the movie's about at all. Okay. <laughs> but there's a scene in it where she's wearing like a flesh-colored like bathing suit, like a one piece. Right. And he drew all her... Or I don't know who drew it. All her organs on her body, including like her sex organs. You know, wow. like the, you know the thing ovaries and this guy this guy all the things and like she's unbuttoning her pants and showing it to the little kids i swear to god (laughs) didn't i wrongly remember another movie that's similar in this way i was camp nowhere with like letting their dicks out but someone wrote in and told us that it wasn't camp nowhere it was another movie or maybe it was camp it was camp nowhere and it wasn't uh heavyweights or something like that bushwhacked it was bushwhacked it wasn't camp nowhere it was bushwhacked um, um in this movie he takes her to school yep. for show and tell and he shows all her you know, he tells that's yep. what i'm saying nice yep uh screen rant uh ryan what's his face uh yeah the, the the pitch meeting uh they do one for milk money and i watched it a couple weeks ago i've never seen oh, the, really? never seen the movie but i was like horrified and scandalized that this was like marketed <laughs> wasn't the it, way it was wasn't it similar to what i was saying yes yeah he didn't mention look at i'm looking up milk money <laughs> sex ed live and in person 
That's what it says, the scene. Okay. Oh, he has her. The kid's pointing to her boobs. Right, good, yeah. The kids are laughing. Well, they're hilarious. Oh, she's untaking her pants off. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, she only zips them, zips them a little bit. But still, they, he's talking, he's pointing to things with a, she's a prostitute in this movie. Yes, no, I'm aware. Wow. So anyway, like this movie, Milk Money, when I was a kid, it was like promoted everywhere and it was like, oh, you know, someone's drawn on her and all stuff. And I was all like, what the? And there's some movies like that in my head that are so unimportant, but for some reason they resonated with me at a certain time, even if it's just trailers or marketing, okay. like the movie Money Talks. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. It's, uh, is it Chris Tucker? <laughs> and, and, Char- and Charlie Sheen? Yeah, I think so. And then Nothing to Lose? How about that one? Ooh, is it, it's, it's a two, right? Is Dennis Rodman in that one or close, no? Close. So close. Martin uh, Lawrence. Ah. Uh, and tall, whitey. I, I, I was thinking, very tall. I was thinking of Tim Robbins. Tim but, Robbins. Oh, all right. I didn't it. know he was very tall. He's t- Tim Robbins? That's it. All right. Stop looking things up. <laughs> Tell me about Groundhog Day. <laughs> Six five. Wow. That's very tall. <laughs> you didn't know Tim Robbins was tall? I didn't tall? know he was very, I didn't know he was that tall. <laughs> we get mugged to the camera when there's audio people listening to um by the way for the video go to chuckandbreadpodcast.com we'll have links to it in case you want to see his mug i was definitely mugging while you were looking up milk money and describing the sex ed scene so tim robbins so uh yeah so um groundhog day groundhog day was one of those movies like i said didn't fall exactly in those categories because people do like it but it was just everywhere it was just a movie that i always knew about mm-hmm. and it's like it was like, there's a movie out there where the same guy experiences the same thing every day. He's just the same day every yep. day. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Someday. And I never watched it. And like I said, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I don't really completely understand the draw of Bill Murray. You know that. You know, different strokes for different folks. Do you love him? Ooh, I do. Uh, I do. But I, it's weird because I watch some of the movies like Stripes or Caddyshack. I never saw Stripes or Caddyshack. And, and I, I'm like... Where are the like these are quotable films? Yes, where are the jokes? But, but where are the jokes? Yeah, I, I, I don't dislike Bill Murray yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I just th- don't I, honestly, get it when people love him. I think he is a more, he, he's a super interesting person. Yeah, and personality, sure. and he is mm-hmm. rare. Yeah, sure, I agree. Um, but uh, so Groundhog Day, I'm like, we should watch Groundhog Day, especially. I made that infographic for Providence Monthly two weeks ago. Yep, and I reference groundhog day and i'm like i should see it so we put on groundhog day me gina jordan man is it a slow movie first of all but i like that uh watched it for the first time every other day i thought it was fun okay when was the last time you watched it boy i've only watched it once and that was probably six or seven years ago oh okay it was a while ago so i thought it was fun um and i really liked that one of the things about those movies that came out in the 80s and 90s is like they're not afraid of just like sitting in a world for a while. Right. Where movies now progress, 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 progress. There's always like, it's got to be story progress or a joke or a scare or what, you know, whatever right. type of movie it is. They can't let someone be like, here's where they are. So let's, let's live in that for a little bit. Let's live in this moment. Let's live in this world. They don't have, it's, it's like scenes like that and moments like that. Yeah. Get like trimmed out, like trimming the fat in movies now. And back then... I just feel like you could be like, the gremlins are crazy. Let's watch a three-minute montage. Eating your remote when they're fingering the cat. (laughs) 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 Opening all the Christmas presents. Uh, (laughs) What? What What are you looking at? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Continue. (laughs) 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 You're doing your gremlin dance. (laughs) 
That, I mean, that's what a gremlin would do. <laughs> like 10 minutes. <laughs> and like, I'm a kid. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving these gremlins. I'm loving them doing all the oh, stuff I they do. I was scared of the gremlins. I want more. I want more, more, okay. more. <laughs> that's another cat. <laughs> and, uh, but now I, I feel like if they made gremlins now, you know, it'd be a kid being like, they do this. They fucking, they fingered a cat. They put microwave popcorn too long. And they do all these things. And they get, it'd be one second of either exposition or showing it and it's done in a second okay but in old movies they'll like <laughs> i love the gremlins what else do they do they're, that, they're cutting the curtains din, 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 that din. old woman and her her uh her stair chair what else are the gremlins <laughs> no, no i want to make up some oh, I, don't want, okay. I don't want real ones okay. <laughs> you got any <laughs> they start <laughs> They drag me to this podcast, <laughs> make us film it. What else do they do? Ooh, unscrew the stop sign. <laughs> din, 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 and it shows the car is crashing. So that's what they would do. Okay. <laughs> really more, they deal with more. Uh, whatever. Do you have anything else? No. No, I don't. Come on, I want to come up with some. Anyway. Um, so they used to live in, <laughs> live in situations more. And uh, one of them bites the head <laughs> off a bat and then spits onto a man's plate. <laughs> In China, <laughs> yeah. in twenty nineteen. That's the new gremlin. Yes, and uh, and um, the Groundhog Day really lives in. The, I mean, obviously, the point of the movie is that the day repeats, right? But they live in certain moments for a long time. Anyway, I, I didn't really know the whole story, and so he goes to Puxatawney on Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's not yeah. Groundhog's Day. I know. I guess, which I think is weird, but um. And then, you know, the day just repeats and stuff. And I found it to be enjoyable. I liked living in the movie. The aesthetic of the way that it's filmed is uh, nostalgic. It feels fun. But I find the conclusion to be a little strange. Yes. You know, basically, he realizes he's living every day the same pretty quick. Yep. Um, after like day three, he's definitely sure of it. Yep. And uh, then he's like, I'll learn piano and I'll do this. Here's what's weird. So he's trying to bang this girl who works on his news team with him. Right. And he's kind of sexually harassing her a lot up to that point, you know? Yes. And uh, he wants to bang her and she and he's having this nice day. He's writing down everything she says. Super patient guy. Um, you know, because he'll be like, like, I know you love walnuts on your ice cream. And she's like, I hate walnuts. And he'll be like, oh, she hates walnuts. And then it'll cut to like the next day. So he did that. And then he yeah. waited for 24 hours. Then he's like, well, how about some hot fudge? And she's like, I prefer caramel. And he's like, uh, caramel. It's <laughs> another 24 hours. I'm like, this motherfucker, I would give up so fast. <laughs> he's like, cherry on top. She's like, I like blueberries. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> and he's like, 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's seriously what happens. It's like, he really literally writes down like one thing she likes, and then it'll cut to the next day. Right. So he's really getting a small amount of information per that's day. That's true. So not that's honestly not a great reporter. <laughs> Get the facts. Uh, yep. you gotta get this done. So he's trying to bang her, bang her, bang her. He takes her back to her hotel, to the hotel. She's like, "I'm not gonna stay. I'm not gonna stay. I'm not gonna bang you." And he's like, "Ah, damn. She's not gonna bang me." And then the next day, it's like he finds a homeless bum who's starving to death, and he feeds him all this chicken and turkey and chili. Uh, and the bum dies. He goes to the hospital. He's dead. Next day, he's like, he shows him in an alley. He, like the same thing happens. He he dies at the same time right. every day. He has a heart attack or whatever. He's trying to save him. Every day he's trying to save this bum. Then he goes back to trying to bang the girl. And when he finally bangs the girl, the day goes forward. Yes. What is your interpretation of the ending of this movie? 
Um, that he has learned to be a better person. Why isn't say, why isn't attempting to save the life of this homeless bum, why doesn't that mean more than that girl having sex with him? I don't know. Isn't that weird? It is. Because I know he... I, he Okay. You can convince someone to have sex with you. I can't, but yes. <laughs> but... You can't really stop a person from dying at their right. when their body gives out. Right. But he's attempting to save the guy. To me, that seems like a more noble act than having sex with the girl he wants to have sex with. It's it's weird because I you know I, I'm sure on some level it's like well has his heart truly changed and it it didn't until you know I, and again sure I didn't write the film. I mean I guess there, <laughs> that is an argument there because right. like I guess. If you saw, if you're a bad person, let's right. say you're just like a shitty, selfish piece of shit. Oh yeah, a guy dies. A guy's having a heart attack near you. You probably try to save him because it's such a big deal, even if you're a bad person. Right. So I guess there is some logic to that. Yeah, but I don't like the idea that her being willing to sleep with him is like the ultimate. Uh, you know, th- this Point. means he's a good person. Right. Measurement. Right. Uh, it just seems strange, right? Yes. Um. So anyway. I've, and then she's like, he's like, oh, the day changed. Well, we should live here and do the Groundhog Day again. And I'm like, that was a really weird conclusion. Yeah. And I was reading about it. And I guess in the original script. An ex put a curse on him. Yeah. 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 And I was, you know, we've talked about this before, so we don't have to get into it. But we talk about the idea that the burden of logic in movies has changed over the years. Yes. Where like, if that happened now, they'd be like, well, what happened? They, you have to, you, something has to have yep. happened. And maybe, maybe that's the same as me saying, like, I liked it when the gremlins were, you know. <laughs> nope. no, need, no need to go back down this road. We've all been there. <laughs> there. Um, you know, uh, the gremlins are doing a lot of stuff yep. as opposed to snapping through. Maybe it is the same as, like, why do you need so much of an explanation? It's just magic. Right. Like, is, is there magic in Home Alone, do you think? Um, boy, it's weird because I feel like they, there's, there's definitely the, musical cues that make you think it might, there like, might be something magical. I want my magical. family to disappear. And then right. it's like a musical thing and it's winds blowing and the camera zooms in on this like scary face that's yeah. on their door knocker. What well, a door knocker that's scary. That's Could like be. from a uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. You think this movie was kind of like Christmas Carol? Groundhog Day? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Because yeah, it's, a little it's, Christmas it's, Carol. You know, and, however, Happy Death Day. Mm. similar premise repeating yes. the same day over and over she just happens to be murdered at the end of all of them yeah uh and happy death day to you yes it uh di- yeah less less sensical yes but there is like a three-minute montage of like the funny ways she keeps getting murdered dun, 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 dun. Yeah. is one of them gremlins one of them is by the gremlins <laughs> <laughs> well, not directly by the gremlins. She was walking, and a cat came tearing through the screen. If you get, if you were killed by the gremlins, and it was, like, it was like proof positive. That's. I mean, that by the way, like, by the way, when the gremlins kill, uh-huh. it's never mean. No, it's no, always no. funny. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> what would happen? Like, like, would your like? How would your parents explain that to people? How uh, would I re- react to that? You would be delighted. <laughs> Well, I don't want you to die. I'll, you know what? I'll but say if you this. Gotta go. You you'd be delighted. You'd be you'd be delighted, but also concerned because let's face it, who do those gremlins belong to, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, well, who are they coming after? <laughs> yeah, if you're on the list, <laughs> holy shit. Um, it's just a weird question, but yeah. So Groundhog Day, I I enjoyed the the aesthetic of the film, the story of the film. I enjoyed the ride more than the yeah. uh, the conclusion, right? Um, but it was fun. I I, I thought it was uh, definitely fun. Um, so what, anything else you got before I figure we close with Kevin Smith's new thing because I think it's pretty cool um, 
No, I'm, I'm all right now. We can go straight into Kevin Smith. Okay, cool. Um, so I thought this was interesting. I had no idea about this. Uh, a lot of people know that I work for Tell Him Steve Dave, the podcast with uh, Walton Bryan from AMC's Comic Book Men and Quinn from Impractical Jokers. We work out of Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. And uh, Kevin Smith owns the store. Obviously, Kevin Smith was kind of the lead in Comic Book Men. Right. Walton Bryan part of the kevin smith askew universe you know the view askew movies um and i work with them and we've been doing we've been working together since 2016 um and i did a few blu-ray releases um with tell him steve dave where i directed stuff and filmed stuff and edited stuff and authored the blu-rays for different releases and did the artwork for different blu-rays and then eventually when amc didn't pick up comic book men after season seven tell him steve dave decided to do a patreon so i've been working for the patreon right since man i don't know july 4th 2017 yeah i think so is it 18 or 17 i don't know gotta be 18 because there's only been two halloween specials so it's gonna be 18 there's only been two two halloween specials since the patreon started so um two christmas specials yeah that's right um so uh i've been working for the patreon for for years i've probably done maybe like 40 projects for the tell him steve dave patreon right it's been consistent um and I had no idea that this whole time, for the past couple of years, Kevin Smith has been working on his own Patreon-esque uh, website. Right. It's not actually through Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a website where individual creators can kind of say, we're a podcast, or we're a team that makes videos, or we're, we make comic books, or we're a band. Here's our Patreon. You can subscribe, and we'll say whatever we want. Uh, to create uh, is going to cost this much to a Patreon subscriber, our patrons, and uh, they can choose if they want to do it. So right. maybe for $5 a month, we're going to come out with an, a podcast every week that's exclusive to Patreon. For $10 a month, we're going to come out with two videos a month for blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's tons and tons of people on Patreon. Um, a lot of people that have uh, big fan bases are really capitalizing on it. And honestly, the person that makes the most sense in the entire universe is probably Kevin Smith. That's true. Because he, you know... Devoted fan base. Absolutely devoted fan base, you know, with Clark's coming out in, what, 94, 92? I think it's 94. Yeah, I think it's 94 as well. I think they might have made it in 92. Um, or 93 or something. Anyway, so, uh, you know, not only does he have the View Askew movies, um, you know, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma... Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, um, Clerks 2, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, and then the other like offshoots like Tusk, Yoga Hosers, um, Red State, that kind of stuff. The other stuff that Kevin Smith did. Cop right. Out. Uh, and there's one more. Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary. And uh, Jersey Girl. And Jersey Girl. Yeah. Right. Um, not only does he have that you know film career, but he also has like just a ton of uh, podcasts and live events that he's done. You know, He's released, I think maybe three DVD specials of him live. Right. And then maybe another two digitally, uh, Too Fat for 40 and Silent But Deadly, I think. Um, yeah, and, and and maybe like almost almost 15 years of podcasting, maybe 13 or 14 right. years um, of tons of podcasts, which is the inspiration for Tell Him Steve Day. That's how it started is Walt and Brian being on Smodcast, uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, and tons of TV appearances and 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 you know cartoons that were made independently for that. Written a bunch of stuff as well, right? So what happened, like kind of as a surprise release last week, was uh, the That Kevin Smith Club. It's that Kevin. It's that Kevin Smith Club. Yeah, 
It's thatkevinsmithclub.com. Perfect. And uh, it's basically just like a Patreon with different uh, levels. You know, it's basically for $5 a month, you get three weekly ad-free audio podcasts, full access to the archive of Kevin Smith Podcasts and the Kevin Smith Club community. For $10 a month, you get that, plus the Smithstonian Screening Room, which is a ton of different videos that, that they've produced over the years, Kevin Smith, um, as well as like uh, a Wake and Bake with Silent Bob video that comes out on different mornings right. where he kind of just wakes up and talks about the goings on in his life. Um, then there's more, you know, one for $15 a month where you get exclusive pins and, uh, $30 a month where you get exclusive, uh, mini scripts, like different, like physical rewards. But, um, yeah, when it was launched, I was like, oh man, this is, this is really interesting. I had no idea about it. Right. And Kevin Smith was kind of talking about it and he's like, yeah, he's like Jordan Monsanto, who is one of the people that like runs, I guess his, uh, like his film company really, um, He's like, Jordan Monsanto helped tell him Steve Dave build their Patreon as like practice to help me build that Kevin Smith club. Interesting. Yeah. So I had no idea. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm definitely going to join this. So I joined it right away, checked out all the video stuff. The video stuff is really cool. And what I'd like to say about it is basically that, you know, it's kind of like a thing that if you're a big fan of Kevin Smith, you'll really appreciate the tons of stuff that's in there. Okay, um, I'm trying to figure out exactly how much, you know, if I can look at it right now. Um, but I don't really want to give anything away about what's in there because right. it's kind of like there is going to be stuff that you would expect as well as a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect. Um, but tons and tons of stuff. And one of the coolest things is uh, a brand new two hour documentary. That's the making of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Right. That's exclusive to this. Oh, all right. Yeah. And it looks amazing. It's shot by Josh Roush, who yep. is... Uh, a guy that I have talked to a couple times. I'm always like, hey, you're doing stuff for Kevin on the West Coast. I'm doing stuff for Walt and Brian on the East Coast. Someday we should podcast or work together or something. We should, we should meet in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> but he seems oh. like a good guy. Okay. But he does a lot of good work and he did an amazing job on this thing. It's called Magnum Dopus, the making of Jane Silent Bob reboot. Right. Um, but tons of stuff that's that's kind of behind this paywall of... Yeah, it's, it's weird because... On Patreon, when stuff is behind a paywall, I think the rules are a little different. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And there's a lot of fun stuff there. Right. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to clear my throat. <clears> Flag. <throat> Flag on the play. But yeah, right away, I was listening to a bunch of the podcasts. There's a bunch of new ones, including one called Silent Bob Speaks, where he kind of just does like a solo podcast about what's going on. And last week, he dropped the first episode of that. And it was right when he finished... Uh, Mallrats 2, Twilight of the Mallrats. Yep. And he talked about that. And it was weird because I was going for a walk last week and it was like 1.30 in the morning. And I was walking around downtown Warren Island. Um, and that's where I live, on Main Street. And because I'm on Main Street, I'm just walking by tons of businesses and restaurants. Everyone is like closed. Yep. It's like closed due to coronavirus, closed due to COVID-19. And it's like all these signs that are like, we will get through this together. And it was like really bumming me out. It was wicked late. And like the whole street is lit up because it's Main Street. Right. But man, it was bumming me out. But I was listening to this podcast and I realized it made me feel a lot better about the future oh. because it kind of represented the fact that life will move on. Right. The whole thing was him being like, here's what happened with the rights to Mallrats 2 over the years. I've been working on this. Then this person said this and I didn't have the rights to this and I could do this. But then this happened. And so this has changed and this is what was... This part of Jane Silent Bob reboot was originally in Mallrats, and now right. this, and it's all about how like so now where this is done, and we're gonna do Twilight of the Mallrats, and this person's in, and this person's in, and this person, 
and it's all about kind of the future and how things will move on. And Kevin Smith as a filmmaker will move on and make more films. And it just made me feel a little bit more hope about thing there being the next step yeah. of getting back to normal. Right. And I was like, this is a really important feeling to have for me right now. I did not expect. I just put on like whatever newest podcast right, right. I had from like my you know, the podcast I follow, the podcasters I follow, and uh, it gave me a lot of uh, positivity. That's it was great, really important. Yeah, but yeah. So that KevinSmithClub.com, um, it's up now. If you're a fan of Kevin Smith and the View Askew movies and all the stuff that he's done over the years, Smodcast, man, I think it's well worth it, and I think he's the perfect person to do it because he has such a wealth of content he continues to produce such a wealth of content and i think it's really valuable content in right. terms of entertainment um you know the, the podcasts are awesome the videos that they come out with are awesome and uh yeah i can't recommend it enough it was really really cool and it just kind of came out of nowhere right i, I was right. and it's weird because i haven't seen that much fanfare about it right um but i think it's uh it's a great project that uh, that is uh, really, it's really, really cool. uh, you know, and I respect his uh, willingness to kind of go outside the established. Yeah. Uh, like, he, you know, he could have had a Patreon, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to do my own thing that is, you know, similar, but not right. the same. Yeah. And uh, not rely on others. And that's kind of what he's done with his past couple movie releases exactly. where he's like, I'm going to travel around. I'm going to show this myself. Right. Gonna, you know, really kind of D-I-M do it myself. There we go. <laughs> Uh, I just think about what the word, the, like the, the opposite of yourself is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's really, that, that to me is inspiring that, you know, he's not resting on his laurels. He's not right. saying, oh, I'm going to use the established structure for this. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do is, is my own thing and, uh, kind of, you know, have a better focus of control, locus of control. Locus. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, like not only is he the perfect person to do this now with the established content that he has, but he could come out with his next movie, do a tour and he could come out with it exclusively on this service right. to get people to sign up and do content for it. Yeah. It's just really cool. I mean, Kevin Smith has really changed over the years in terms of being kind of like a filmmaker making his own type of like funny, thoughtful movies that appeal to a certain audience right. to being kind of like, a trusted voice in pop culture. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's from a studio standpoint with him. You know, he didn't eventually, he didn't actually end up making it, but the Howard, Howard the Duck TV show. Right. Now the He-Man TV show that's going to come out. Yep. Spoilers with Kevin Smith on Hulu, the IFC stuff he's done. Uh, he's definitely like a trusted voice. And so he's a great person to, uh, to do this. And I really, uh, yeah, I recommend uh, that kevinsmithclub.com sign up. It's cool. Nice. Yeah. Really cool. Great. That's it. That's really, that's really all I got this week. I mean, like I said, when the mice, when the when the cat's away, the mice will play. So uh, now that Ray's not here, we can just kick back and have some fun and, and get with the real chubies. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chubies are unscrewing the, the stop do? sign. <laughs> Come on, you got some gremlin stuff. What else would they do? It's weird because I'm just like I like mentally, I'm like outside. Oh, I know what they're doing. They're jizzing in the water cooler. Oh. <laughs> Every one of them, every gremlin just in that That's water. That's where I got this water from. <laughs> gremlin just. <laughs> ah, you know what it tastes like. <laughs> well, of course. Gremlin specific. I, I, I think of them at like a froyo place for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's a mess. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, well, like one is one is inside, <laughs> like the M and M thing, and and so, like a, a customer is trying to ignore. There's a gremlin over there, and and they're they're holding the thing down and like eating way too much, and it's coming out their mouth. And the yeah, and, and a woman has like a, a child, and she's like, "Don't don't look at them." And they go to scoop some M and M's, and they stick the scoop in, and a gremlin pops out, and M and M's go everywhere, and the kid, the lady's like, "Ah!" and like throws her thing, and she runs out with the kid. Oh man. Yeah. Gremlins 2020. Hey, <laughs> can I copyright a, a, an idea for Gremlins 2020? Yes. Okay, the Gremlins are in a lab of some kind somehow. Okay, and there's a water there cooler. <laughs> and a lot of porn. <laughs> no, and there's a lab. And the lab has one of those big guns that goes like, you know, it's like ball, 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 ball to a ball. And it's a shrinking ray. Oh, okay. So they make some Gremlins that are fucking six inches tall. Perfect to like, you know, get into the Froyo toppings. Yep. Swim around in the water cooler yep. until whatever happens in there. <laughs> yep. Get inside your speakers and scream like you put on a movie and it's like Titanic and it's like a gremlin being like, I'm the king of the world. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like pressing the yeah, audio settings. I'm like, what is going on here? And then, and then I, I go to my speaker and I'm like listening really close to it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm attacked by a gremlin. Why would you even do that? You know <laughs> I want sure, to make sure. I want to make sure. I like. Oh, is, listen is, closely. Is it crackling? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I love little gremlins. Oh, uh, I know little you gremlins. Do. Gremlins. Gremlins. Twenty twenty. Little, little gremlins. gremlins. Oh, they would get into some more mischief. Oh yeah, definitely. Smaller gremlins, bigger trouble. Oh, <laughs> you know we're, we're releasing this straight. <laughs> we're only to AMC theaters. This is going to take the place <laughs> of Fast and Furious Nine. <laughs> On their, some, on their slate. We have some short films we're going to release only to Netflix. So yes. Just to promote for it. I yeah, like just that. but they're short, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, folks out there, thank you so much for joining us this week. Yeah. Um, thank you to Jim Nellis for stopping by. Yeah. And giving us some uh, some food tips and whatnot. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Great. Uh, folks out there, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com. Find yeah. the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com or send us a message through the Chuck and Brad podcast on Facebook. That's right. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much uh, for tuning in, mm-hmm. audio, video, or otherwise. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Said that you